Welcome to the Black Girl Blogger Podcast, where you will hear amazing human interest stories from everyday people. They will inspire you, they will encourage you, and they will help you to overcome all of what you are going through in your life. I am your host, Aisha Morgan, and let's meet today's guest. All right, so today we have with us as our guest, Serena McFarland. Serena and I know each other from college. We were both on the same track team at the University of Houston, and we are going to learn some very amazing information today from Serena about her life that I personally think is going to inspire and touch a lot of lives. So Serena, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I currently reside in California. I do have one son, Alexander, who is five years old. I am in the uh, information technology space. I am a manager in SAP Systems. Um, Prior to that, I do have a finance and management degree, but I crossed over from finance um, to SAP. So it's like a transition because I love numbers, as you know. I love numbers. I love solving problems and, you know, helping people out so that they can understand how technology works. It's just a resource and a vehicle that we need just to move to the next level, like dealing with life, you know? Yeah. So very intelligent Black woman that we have today. I just wanted you to say all that, Serena, because I never know what it means, but I just love hearing it. Um <laughs> I do. Well, thank you. I am. I am honored, and I and I do. You know, moving. You know, being a you know a Texan and and coming to California, things are a little bit different here. But the role was definitely paved, and it was spontaneous. Even moving here from Texas when I graduated college, as you know, I my dad was living here, and I came here on vacation, and God blessed with me with a job at Sony, and that's how my career started. So oh, it was. Wow. Yeah, it was very exciting. It was like, okay, you know, I wasn't expecting that. My cousin um, recommended me for that job, and I got into entertainment. And, you know, coming from Texas Entertainment, you working at Sony was very exciting to see all the movies being made and the financial budgets that go along with that. All right, so why don't you go back and tell us about Mount Pleasant? Now, everybody, I've been there once when I was in college for, I think, Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. Um, I thought that I grew up in a small town, but nothing like Mount Pleasant. So, Serena, why don't you tell us about Mount Pleasant? It's located like 120 miles east of Dallas, Texas, and that's a major city closest. It's also close by Tyler and Longview. Most people know that area because of a lot of athletes that come out of that area. But people are into the chicken business. It's a, it's a place where Pilgrim Pride started in Pittsburgh, Texas, which is um, five miles from Mount Pleasant. And they either do that or banking, and they get out and they work in, like, the cities or whatever. But for me, it's in farming. Agricultural farming, like, you know, and ranching. We grew up on ranching, so we had cattle and horses and all these different things. So for me, it was it was a nice town because I grew up with my grandparents. I grew up with a lot of family. Family is very important to me. 
Um, we had, um, you know, milk. I learned how to milk cows. Um, we cooked all our food fresh from the farm. I didn't really eat at McDonald's, so I was like, what, 14 years old? <laughs> so <laughs> we never ate out, and we lived in we lived in something called White Oak, which is a smaller community of Mount Pleasant because it's 10 miles north of Mount Pleasant where we have all the land and stuff. And so, you know, it was a very great experience growing up. When I brought you home, you got a chance to see my grandmother and my grandparents. And they raised me because, you know, my mom was killed when I was at the age of three years old. So, and going from that, I just grew up with a lot of love, a lot of love and that I can do anything. And that's part of the reason what pushed me to be what I am today is because I grew up with that love. I grew up with that support from family and that you can know you can do anything and make it to the next level and at the time getting I was offered several scholarships especially academic to even places such as Stanford and all the Ivy League schools to to leave but I picked a place in Texas because it was closer to my family and also because Carl Lewis went to University of Houston and I loved when I went on my visit there exactly <laughs> so, I think he got a lot of us to um make our decision to go there. Just the fact yes. that you would be rubbing elbows literally with Carl Lewis. Yes, which was inspirational, going from one inspirational household to that whole unit. I mean, being part of the track team, girl, was an, an experience. We learned how to depend on one another. It was a lot of team building exercises and, and just support. And we continue these relationships, you know, 15, 16 years after we graduated, which is amazing to see us become moms, you know, when you're 18, 19 years old and you don't care about anything else, but running track and being an Olympian, you know, it's a little bit different, right? Right. Yeah. So from the people that maybe you went to high school with or your family members, are there a lot of people who stay in Mount Pleasant or have most of them kind of moved on to different places? Most of them have moved to the major cities because we had a high, I mean, all of the people who graduated with me, they're doing very well for themselves across the United States. They're doctors, they're lawyers, they're doing all this kind of great things. Most people just go back to visit their grandparents and, and things of that sort. No one really stays in the town like that, you know, right. but people do stay there because they get into the banking. It's things to do. You have jobs there. It's not like a dead town, but it's things to do like that, but it's very, very slow. Okay. Um, one Walmart, <laughs> let's paint a picture of how it is. You got one Walmart, you have a, a one a couple grocery stores. I mean, Brookshire's, no one knows who Brookshire's is. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, and, <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of love and we have a lot of um, families that have their own small businesses like furniture and boutiques okay. of that sort. They make it there, you know what I mean? And they go to Dallas to work. Dallas is only an hour and a half or Tyler Longview is an hour to, to get the jobs there. But it's a very, I love going home. You know, when you went there, how was your experience in it? How, what did you think about the hometown? It definitely was very relaxing time. I just remember like not having a care in the world and just- Right, there you go. That's yeah. it, not having a care in the world and being happy. Yeah, and, and we were so relaxed and just chill and you just, yeah, it was just a great environment to be in. That rearing of having not a care in the world was my foundation. 
And that's why I'm writing an ebook now from mentally broken after I had my son to happiness. And that's how growing up on a farm and with love and family, it laid a foundation and I never lost that foundation. So, you know, to get into it lightly, you know, I had Alexander five years ago, you know, it was a spontaneous, it wasn't really planned, but when you are pregnant with a kid and, and, and the child is, you can hear a heartbeat and you go through these hormonal changes. I never thought having him would break my mind. And everyone that knows me is that, oh, Sharina's a genius. Serena's so smart. And I had a breakdown in that process. And I had to go back and, you know, I came through hardship where I didn't, I was very depressed. I was very aloft. I didn't even know my mind would run in loops. You know, after I had him, I went through, it was past postpartum depression. Okay. You know, I could wake up and not even know what day of the week it was. So, you know, going through the whole transition of having Alexander and that going beyond the postpartum depression of your mind breaking you, how do you know your mind is broken when you can't even function to work, when you can't even function to go outside, when you can't even function to hold your own child, when you don't even want to eat, you just are standing still and nothing's happening. And thank God for family. I had my aunts who came to help take care of me. And nobody really wanted to diagnose or know what was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason why I'm writing the ebook is because a lot of people in our communities, in my age group and my family did not talk about mental illness. And I had a psychotic breakdown. Let's just give it, call it a spade, a spade. You know yeah. what I mean? I was able to get back to the happiness through, you know, getting a mentor and my family. I went, had to go stay with my family who was covering me and through praying and through God being my foundation. I mean, not even, you know, forget to mention that. And you have to want to fight for your life, um, um, Isha. And I had to want to fight and I had to want to get out of the situation I was in. And I had no job, no income, no anything. And I had to take care of Alex. And then one day I just woke up, meaning I woke up because I decided to, I had had enough that I had the skills because I was, it was in me. I was bred in to always be a winner. And all the things I had learned about when I was a kid and even being an athlete, I'm tough and I can make it out of anything. And within 30 to 60 days, I had a new job flying back to California because I had a degree. I had a a special set of skills that I can utilize. And and I wasn't going to let the devil play in my mind like that. So I had to make up and fight for my life. And I had support. I had friends support. Jasmine came, you know, and when Alexander was born and she knew, you know, I had that little breakdown. And another reason why we also become broken emotionally, spiritually, physically. Let me tell you what I did. I did a genetic whole different um, um, research on when a man plants a seed inside of your body and you have a baby. The things that transpire from his DNA becomes part of my DNA because I'm carrying out. That has such a psychological damage on me because it's like my body was overloaded with his thoughts, overloaded with Alexander's DNA. I didn't even recognize who I was. Yeah. I didn't even know who who was Serena. I had feelings that I had never, you know, I never have been depressed. In my entire life, I, I mean, not wanting to eat. That is Lord Jesus. Okay. Yeah. You know, I live in the 
<laughs> I want to hot water cornbread and greens, girl, please. No, it, I, I need to go through that transition to, to lose weight. And then, but the group support and me wanting to fight for my life, group meaning family and friends. You know, you need someone to support you through that time and your prayers. And then me having one of the things that I will tell people, get you a mentor or a coach because you having that, it breaks the cycle and someone can monitor and let you know honestly where you're at. If you have someone in your life speaking in your life positively. And that's what got, got me out of that situation. I had an aunt who was my mentor at the time and she just kept consistently every other day, consistently speaking scriptures, positivities. Did you go outside and exercise? Did you go outside and did you read a book? You know, little things that you take for granted. I didn't even want to take a shower for crying out loud. So we're you gonna know? take, let's take like a couple steps back. Um, okay. So go ahead. Alex is five right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you were having all of these feelings um, that you didn't even know that you were having. You were in a deep depression, not even knowing that you were in it. When, how old was he when you kind of realized it for yourself that you were in it? When he was born, I look, between zero years old and one years old, that's when I didn't even realize it. It was like between when he was one and two okay. that I realized that I had a problem. Okay. <laughs> when I had a breakdown in the mental, I was getting broken all that overload because I was not really functioning. I was, you know, thinking I'm okay six months into it because the help began to disappear. Everyone right. has to go home to their lives, right? right? So I realized that I wasn't getting up doing the things like, oh, let me go to work. Let me do this and do that. And my mind was, it, had, it just kept, what, what happened was it was compounding down on me like this. Felt like heavy lifting, like someone was beating my brain in every single day. And finally, when I was able, by the time he was a year, years old, my aunt said, just come and stay with me for a little bit. I was only there two or three months. That's what woke me up. I changed my environment. Okay. I moved to Georgia versus being in California. Okay. And I changed and I was able to think instead of being confined in a space. And I was, and I went outside every day and that sunlight really helped me. And I woke up. And I said, Lord, please take, because I know at the heart or core of who I am, you have to want to fight. You have to want to be happy. And, and she kept pushing and saying things every day. Let's just go for a walk. Let's go 15 minutes and come in. Okay, I'm going to eat. So, I mean, I, when, when I say I stopped eating, I stopped eating. I wasn't, I'll eat a couple pieces of fruits. I didn't even have an appetite for anything. Yeah. You know, and you have to get it in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, and all of these things combined that you can make it. And that you want to be alive, meaning being the president instead of sitting there like rocking, like you're still there. You have to come up. You got to have that breakthrough in there and say, I want to live. I, I want to be here for Alex. You know, he kept, that kept pushing me and said, I have a child. I have to take care of him because I really noticed I had a problem when I really didn't want to hold him after about four or five months. And I was breastfeeding him. So I had stopped breastfeeding after three to four months. And my, my friend, one of my good friends who were there helping me take care of Alex, she was like, you know, she didn't even bring, say anything. She just continued like the process of being a mom, even though I wasn't even present. Right. You know, okay. and I had to, you know, for, for people that I want to, you know, in, inspire that they can find that happiness within themselves, change your environment, go outside, smile, 
My biggest weapon against the depression was smiling. Everyone says I have a beautiful smile. To smile when you just know you breathe and that your lungs are going up and down. That is really what motivated me to like, and people, I would walk and smile and people would smile back. So that happiness tingles up. You have to change that mindset to know that you can make it out of any situation and that you are here for a purpose. You are here to make an impact. God gave me a purpose and I haven't finished what I needed to do. So I must fight for the survival. I know, you know, anyone who's listening, you got to get into your mind to fight to want to be alive and know that you have a purpose that you haven't fulfilled. You, you know that inside, like that very fiber, and I'm beginning to want that. But you also have to be careful of talking about, no one told me that when I had a kid, that the man I decided to have a kid, that he would change my life forever. Technically, my DNA is still, his DNA is still twined within mine because of Alexander, he's a boy. And that's X, Y, right? And it's, it's inside of me because I carried that. So right. when you talk about the actual of uh, being married, having a kid and conceiving the kids, it's some classes and things that we need to learn as women. What happens when a man plants his semen inside of you? What transpires from a DNA standpoint? That is very important to know so that we can be able to move forward because it was hard for me to move anywhere when I, you know, not with him now. Yeah. I was just stuck. Because right. that overloaded my mind, that overloaded my body, that overloaded everything. But I knew because I was raised by my grandmother, because of the prayers of my grandmother, because of all the things in the team building, going back, being on the track team, and all of the support we had from Lee Warburel, Carl Lewis, and all those people, and you, you, Isha and Jasmine, all of us on the team, we were able to get through anything. How many things have we been through tragically to be able to move through? And then my mom had been killed at three years old. I just couldn't give up on life. I had to fight with everything I had. And God, and I was delivered out of that. And that's why I want to write the ebook to help other women know that they can get out of any situation. And I'm happy mentally, rolling to mentally full capacity of being happy to know that my mind is, you know, is, is great in, in being able to live in the present and continually yeah. to move forward. Now, did you go to therapy or was it more of just for you, the coaching and um, just having a mentor? I had a mentor and currently I'm not in like third. I am in therapy. Um, I'm in therapy for it. I have a life coach. Now I am after, you know, many years of getting it right. But I didn't actually go to like a, you know, a license. I went to a licensed coach. I have a licensed coach a life coach that I speak with on a weekly basis. Okay. So um, I knew for me to grow, see the, the transition is the first year or two years, I, I, I was still building and going back to work. I hadn't been working for like a year. Right. And so I moved forward. And, and after he hit two to the age of he is five, I have been rebuilding my life and working and learning how to grow and deal with consistently maintaining. See, once you become happy and come from mentally um, broken to be restored, you have to maintain that happiness. Yeah. How do you maintain that happiness? 
You have to go outside and exercise. I have to go do fun things with my son, like take him to the park. I need to smile. Maybe get yourself an animal who who's, can give you a little, you know, love and you can have that interaction there. You know, you, you, you communicate with people and let them know what's going on. Because as you know, one of the things that happens when you're in depression and you're mentally broken, you don't communicate with people. Right. You know, and that was one of the things that happened. If you surround yourself with people who love you and want to know what's going on, you're able to break that cycle of just being in a loop of, you know, crying constantly, um, not wanting to eat, not really sleeping, just this existing and not living. Right. Now, did you, um, with all the steps that you're taking, does any of it involve any type of self-care? Because I feel like you're saying stuff with Alex and, you know, communicating with other people. But with yeah. that, are you do? what are you doing for Serena? For self-care, I get a massage every couple of weeks. Um, I get uh, my nails and feet done. You know, I know we've been stuck in a COVID, but I still groomed myself at home, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you take time at night to write in a journal. Journaling is another tool that I use to get myself maintain my happiness maintain my growth we have to grow or we're not really living so i have a journals i journal everything and having gratitude every morning i get up i pray you know whatever you're into praying you know chanting meditating do something in the morning when you first get up you know to give gratitude i write in my journal and thank god for everything that i have and i'm just grateful just to get up so, I mean, you know how many people feet didn't hit the floor during COVID? So I am just grateful to even be here living, to be allowed one more chance to give the world the purpose that I have been put here for, which is to inspire, to impact, to transform the lives by sharing my story. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, it's, it's just, everyone has a story. I want them to know that. And they need to, you know, share them so that you can grab someone who's in that situation and don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And they're able to say, Hey, something interrupts, disrupts that. And they're able to transform. See my transformation came when you yanked me out of California and put me in Georgia. If anybody knows anything about Georgia is it wakes you up really quick. Cause the culture is different. Yeah. So it's okay. Oh no, I got to get back to what I need to do. Right. So, so I'm glad that you said that last part because about people, everybody having a story. That's the whole point of me starting this podcast because <laughs> okay. I, when you talk to people, like sometimes they don't think that what they've been through is going to help somebody else because they don't know, they don't realize that other people are dealing with the same thing. Like we always mm-hmm. feel like we're on the island by ourselves and that yes. no one else is going through it. And then when you open up and you talk about it, People are like, like on my, for my blog, for instance, um, when I wrote about my divorce, I was getting like so many emails and just personal messages from people that were like, I went through the same thing. You know, it's just tough because all of my friends have been married for X amount of time, or, you know, my single friends didn't understand, my married friends didn't understand. (laughs) So reading your blog, like it really did make sense. It was so relatable. Like I understood exactly what you were saying because that's how I felt or whatever the case may be. Like, yes, people do change over time. And sometimes you have to step away from them to find yourself. 
And right. so like getting those messages is why I kept writing that blog because it's like, okay, do I have a thousand people in my inbox? No, but these 10 messages that I just got, like that meant something to me. Um, yeah. Yes. So if you can transform the 10, you can transform the thousand, which goes on the tens of thousands, which touches millions. Right. Because look at how many people, Oprah, someone touched Oprah and Oprah have changed millions of lives. You only need one. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I tell someone, if someone person can hear me on how I wish this book would be finished by June 30, it would be out on ebook. I'll come back, hopefully, to do something on the mentally broken to happiness. You you can tell your story the same way. And it can it will transform because your life transforms as you grow and someone can get inspired from that. And I'm so happy and proud that you're doing the podcast. When I heard of it, I was like, oh my God, I'm really excited. <laughs> so I, it put a fire in my soul. So that yeah. women can know that we all go through something. I mean, it's it's a very, you know difficult time. I'm, I'm, I'm a mom. I'm a super mom. I'm going to call myself a single mom, a super mom with Alexander. And, you know, even though my mom is not here, my, I do have my father and, and, and a couple of family members that do help me get some help around you, some support system. They don't have to be blood family. They can be your friends. Yeah. I mean, my friends are still standing in the gap for me. Thank God for my good friends, especially, you know, Isha and Jasmine, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jamila and, and, uh, a lot of the people that are still around and, and I appreciate the understanding because sometimes people don't know where you are. They need to just love you where you are. Yeah. Because eventually you're going to come out of it, right? You know, I never judged the fact that we weren't as, in converse, as much in conversation as we were previously. And I would just joke with you like, hey, where have you been? Like, Serena, you're alive. Like, thank God that you're okay. Um and I do want everybody to know that I did not know all of this stuff about Serena. So um, over the past five years, like I do text and call and just do check-ins and um, you still were sending pictures and stuff, maybe not, you know, responding to text, but I did get to see Alex um, over the past five years through videos and pictures. Um, so it just goes to show that you never know what people are going through. And just because someone's sitting there talking to you or, um, you know, kind of going through the motions and just saying enough just so you know they're okay, that doesn't mean that they're okay. And right. I also want to point out that Serena is the reason why I did the Dr. Savy um, cleanse. Wow. Yes. yes. Remember we had that conversation and you were telling me about all of his herbs and yes. diet. And, um, yeah, so that was how I even started. Um, yes. And the reason for that is because after you have a baby, you need to do a cleanse because you're carrying someone else a whole person inside of you, right? Yeah. And even if you don't have a kid, you still need to do a cleanse every year, in my opinion. But it's, it's, and that's why I was doing those cleanses and going on. And that's one of the things I also, why I was able to get back to who I was is because I did a total body cleanse, which takes 90 days. So, you know, I was happy to be an inspiration and you actually transformed it. You make your own herbs. You look great. I mean, you took it to the tip power. Oh, yes. I was not kidding. Like I was texting you updates like, yes, you were right. Like I'm focused. 
you know, I just feel better just inside mentally, spiritually. Like I just felt better. Um, right. I did that cleanse. So, you know, I'm getting back to it slowly. You know, I can't do as much because I'm still breastfeeding, but yeah, Serena was my inspiration. So you just never know the little conversations you have with people, they can go a long right. way. Right. And, and any, anybody can, I, I just, we can be an impact or inspirational in, in any moment. And I, I just really appreciate the understanding of friends, not bugging me and, and pressuring me to respond because when you're mentally broken, you don't know if you're going up or down. Okay. You don't know if you're going up or down or around. Okay. So once you have some kind of solid foundation, it came back. And I know Jasmine has well, going through a lot with, with her and she knowing that, oh Lord, something is going on with Serena. She would check on me. She would push it. And it's a big thing for me to say I had a mental breakdown because I just, just like, oh my, I had to grow up and really, you know, own it. Yeah. Because you know, it's something I went through, not something that's going to keep me back. It was actually a process that I need to go through to get to how I am now and to grow up to be the woman that I am. You know, and I'm, and recently I had a great milestone because I made it to the age of 40. So I was so happy to know that I have been restored mentally and I'm continuing to maintain my mental health as I go forth. Yeah. Now, um, I do want to ask because you said that your breaking point was going to Georgia. So when yes. you came back to California, did you feel that you were starting to have anxiety or no, my feet were on fire environment? Did you kind of feel anything like just being back? Um, oh, I felt relieved. I felt relieved. I was happy to be back because sunshine california what do they call it you know what for the palm trees and everything here seems so perfect it just gave me fire because i was here working again and with, with a big job that i got i just got it just so amazing just you have to scream out for him like my god just helped me and he gave me that job about praying and and you know when you get to a point where you're tired and you believe with all of the fibers inside of your body everything you have you know without a shadow of a doubt something got to happen Something yeah. has to move, something has to change, and something has to transform. You just got to know, and that no doubting, which, see, see the, the mentally brokenness brought on the doubt. I ain't never have doubt. You know, I'm overly confident. Oh, Serena, I can do this. I can just do anything. Yeah. All of that. You know, when you become down on something that you would be relying on when your mind breaks, nothing else is going to work. Okay. Yeah. Everything is out of haywire. You can't, I can't even take care of Alice. I can't even take care of myself. That ain't going to work. But the time came when I came back from Georgia, it, it was a relief, like the whole gates of the heavens open up because I just like, oh, I have been transformed to giving an opportunity to do better for myself. Yeah. And I came on back and God restored it, gave me, you know, transportation, gave me that new job and gave me everything I needed, a place that I'm in now for Alexander. And he's even moving towards me to get even a new house now. So it just has to stay consistent because you have to want to maintain it. You have to consistently do things to maintain things. They don't really teach you about the maintenance of things, right? Yeah. Like you maintain your car. You have to maintain yourself. You got to exercise. You got to eat. What you're putting in your body is very important. Yeah. Like you said, the, the uh, we must put, you know, I love to eat vegetables and fruits now. I eat a lot. And I, and I raise Alexander the same way. If you prefer meat or not prefer, I don't prefer, I prefer fish now over meat. And I grew up on a farm. 
Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is on that. You decide what you want to put in your body and then it's how your, your um, mind is going to respond to that. So now I'm just very, just happy. I, I've been to the beach today. I, you know, had a walk and the sun was beaming down on my skin and, you know, I could smell the roses. That's yeah. living, you know? See, I like that. Now, just to kind of wrap everything up, um, you know, I appreciate you saying that you went past postpartum because I think a lot of people, men especially, they don't understand that postpartum doesn't stop just because your baby is doing things and you're comfortable and you're you're doing your motherly duties. Like past that, you can still have postpartum, but for you, it it became something more than postpartum. And that does happen to a lot of people and you don't realize it. You don't realize the state that you're in. You have no idea um, that you're just going through the motions. And um, when I, so to kind of piggyback off of what you said, I had a miscarriage and was going through the motions for about a year. Not feeling as though um, it should have been an issue because it was early on in my pregnancy that I had this miscarriage. But the not dealing with it caused me to just be withdrawn. And, you know, I ended up in therapy um, talking about a couple of things. And it took a while to get to the root of the problem. Like, I'm thinking that it's all these surface things that are happening in my life. And then, you know, over the course of a couple of months, uh, my therapist was like, so we had a conversation somehow about the miscarriage. And I said, um, she said, well, how did you deal with it? And I was like, well, it was early on. And she's like, early on, meaning what? And I said, well, it was an early labor, you know, an early pregnancy. So it really wasn't much connection between me and this baby. And she said, you were pregnant. You were, you are a mom, period. And then when she said that, I just broke down like immediately because I never dealt with it. And so the next couple of sessions, we just kind of dug into my feelings and it was just so invigorating to dig down into those emotions that I buried, like deep, deep, deep buried and realized that like that did really affect me. Well, that's what I'm glad you said, the realization of it. See, that's what, what I said about the owning on being mentally broken. It took a while for me to even get there on that. And I want to also say that my life coach name is Coach J, which is for Toretta, Coach Toretta, that's been helping me through it and getting to the heart and the issue. When you said the root of the problem, oh, my goodness, I had to I had to unroot those things because I as a kid in farming, when you plant something and you plant in a garden and you're planting those potatoes and putting those seeds there, you have to unroot some of those weeds and dig them out and get them out yeah. from the root. We don't, we band-aid everything in this society and we need to unroot things and right. then you re and regrow. See, God unrooted me out of California. 
I had gotten here, I had a great career working in all the major studios that are here. He unrooted me out of here for three months and I went to Georgia and then brought me back to replant me, okay? Yeah. He replanted me. So that, you know, it's, it, it, it transforms your life. Sometimes you just have to leave certain environments and situations so that you can be restored and replanted to even grow because all your leaves are dead already. Mm-hmm. So you got you to unplant it and cut it down and unroot it. Yes. Prune that tree. Yes. <laughs> and that, is, that is definitely like I understood exactly what you were saying because that that's what happened to me. And, you know, I think in our community, in the black community, um, now therapy is more accepted um, and encouraged. But you think about all the things that we went through as kids and things that we saw other people go through. And things that we know, you know, about our family members that they've never dealt with. Right. Just wasn't something therapy was for white people. Right. And so we, we never went. And I mean, I'm in therapy right now. Proud to say I'm in therapy. Even when I was in therapy before, I never shied away from telling people I was in therapy. Like, (laughs) no, like I said, therapy and coaching, same difference. Same same thing. Exactly. Somebody that can help you dive into things that you have uh, kind of, like you said, put a Band-Aid on. They are ripping the Band-Aid off and and exposing all types of things. So I definitely encourage therapy for anybody. And and one of the um, things that my therapist talked about is you don't have to feel any kind of way to go to therapy. And when most people go to therapy, it's like you're, you're past the point of, you know, you, you need it. If you feel like you need to go, you're past the point of needing to go. You should have been gone. So, <laughs> but yeah, so I am very proud of you, Serena. I'm glad that um, your family was there to support you and to physically, and I want to say family because they were physically there. Okay. And they were physically there to see you because friends were not physically there. So I'm glad that your family was physically there, um, you know, to kind of be able to pull you out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you could say anything to me over the phone or through a text message just to to put you off the side. But with them being there, you know, they were able to really see everything that was happening. So I'm very grateful that they were there for you. and that you had that support system where you could leave and go somewhere, you know, to kind of regroup. So, and I'm glad that you were able to be um, pulled out of that depression because it yes. is, yes. It, it is probably one of the hardest things because you don't know you're in it until you're out of it. And boom, boom, you, you said the key words right there. You don't know until you actually you know, woke up. It's like you was in a dream. Yes. <laughs> and you think you sit there and like, what the heck was I doing all these months? Like, yeah. Yeah. So and mm-hmm, you're correct, Isha, on that. Wow. Yes. And a lot of us deal, you know, I just want to inspire someone to us ladies and men and whomever's listening to, to you have to 
you know, want to change, you got to fight, you know, you got to fight. And, and I, yeah. it, someone is always going to be willing to help you. And you're not alone. You know, you have someone who has come from a great family, a great career, have a great mind. I've been having all my entire life. So for if I can be restored back, you know, to a new beginning and, and given another opportunity, anyone can. Okay, so when your mind breaks, you got to know that, you know, it'll be back together and it will work according to the plan that God has for your life. Absolutely. So I'm just, I'm just, you know, fired up to touch as many lives as I can. And I'm, I'm excited and elated. And thank you for having me on this show. I appreciate it. And I'm definitely proud of you too, Isha. You have, you know, inspired us to be on podcasts <laughs> and TV shows and all this kind of stuff. And I see this stuff every day and I'm like, oh, you take it for granted. But now I'm really inspired to want to do these things and tell people, you know, you have a story, please tell your story, yes. you know, get in the middle so that it can transform us. And we are not stuck in those cycle of things of generational curses of, of, of things that's going on and, and, and speak to your mom and your aunties and ask them about, you know, when they had kids, how they felt and then so they can have that conversation and they can be delivered for crying out loud. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm tired of all of us being in bondage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. So, um, I know you said that your book is going to be finished in, by the end of this month. Um, yes. So why don't you just tell us the title, if you are able to tell us the title. And um, it's going to probably be named like Mentally Broken to Happiness or Beyond Postpartum Depression, because most people don't understand that. Right. They don't deal in that area. So, you know, I'm trying I'm still kind of playing around on the title, but that's going to be something great. I'll update you. It's going to drop down on Amazon, the ebook and we're going to sell thousands and probably even millions of copies. I just love sharing my story. You know, it's, it's, it's a cliche coming from, you know, the background I came from and not thinking it would ever happen to me. You couldn't have told me when I was 20 that I was going to have a mental breakdown when I was 35 and 36 years old. Please, are you crazy? I'm yeah. so smart. I'm missing that. It can happen to anyone, okay? Yes, yes <laughs> it can. <laughs> so and when I found out what happened to me, you just got to grow with life out here in these streets. You got to make, you got to fight for it. Got to exactly. want it. Well, yeah. I will, once we get all the information about your book, Serena, I will absolutely be promoting it on the podcast, on my Instagram, Thank on my, all the socials um, <laughs> to make sure that everybody is getting it. And so we look forward to, um, to read in what you have to say and to be encouraged by your words, just like we were today. So I'm excited to see um, where all of this takes you as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Have all a right. good day. Bye. And that's a wrap on another amazing episode. I know that you were just as inspired as I was after listening to that conversation. And to let us know how we're doing, don't forget to leave us a review, like, share, and follow the podcast. Also, follow us on all social media platforms at The Black Girl Blogger, as well as our website at theblackgirlbloggerpodcast.com. And the most important step, Make sure you share the podcast with someone you know and tell them to share with someone they know. And if you know someone who has an amazing story to tell 
or if you yourself would love to tell your story, leave us a message on our website or any of our social media platforms so we can reach out to you and have you on the podcast. Until next time, peace out.